Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I thank this person for giving me the opportunity to see, acknowledge, understand, and love more of myself. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're hitting on such a big topic today. I actually said to Jane, have we not done this, Jane? Have we really not done this? And I think we've touched on it, but we've never devoted a half hour show to it. No. And it's just such a fundamental concept. Forgiveness. I mean, there's, there's the people in America who've actually studied this for like 40 years that, you know, the, the science, scientific, uh, you know, the health effects and all of that's proven. It is one of the most powerful, powerful release work types of things that you can ever, ever do. And we thank, um, a beautiful reader, listener. Sorry. I always call them readers from my magazine days. <laughs> the readers out there. Um, listener who, who sent us a message on Facebook, told us a bit about her story, you know, awful domestic abuse background. She's come through all of it. Um, she's actually come through it all and she's got a, a page, um, which we haven't actually got the name of her page or we could be promoting it, but maybe she's, we'll do that in another episode. I'll put it on our Facebook page. We'll put her link, but she's now teaching about, mm. uh, how to recover from, from domestic violence and has something like 34, 35,000 followers. So yeah. she's doing good work. So she, she's, she's definitely taken that karmic experience for herself and turned it around and given it all back. Yeah. Out. And, beautiful. And, but you know, she says it still haunts her in the sense that I think she, she still worries about all the women out there that when she sees the women who are at the stage she used to be at, it really haunts her. How can I help them? How can I get them to this, to just a better point, you know, in their lives? And, and there's a lot of unresolved guilt and stuff I think going on with her and the bottom line of her email just simply says if you guys can talk about forgiveness I will be the first one to listen right here we go forgiveness it's a biggie because we don't forget that's the hard part and one of the reasons that she's having a reaction she said that she has a physical reaction in her body every time that she is uh, talking to somebody who is at that point that she was at and that's because we don't forget. And on a cellular level, we really don't. And so when we remember, we vibrationally go back physically to that moment. The pain receptors of the brain it, it's light It's still up. there. Yes, yeah. exactly. So forgiveness is the gift that we give to ourselves to enable not just our emotional body, our thought process, but also our physical body to be released of this pain. So that's the incentive to do it. The incentive to do it isn't so that the other person thinks you're a nice guy because you've said sorry or I forgive you or whatever. It is the gift that we give to ourselves. There's a lot of misconception about forgiveness, which we've said before. You know, a lot of people say, well, I can't do that because that means saying that what that person did was okay or that means forgetting or that means you know, any kind of allowance or, you know, to look, life just isn't fair and stuff happens. But if you're going to remain chained to it, the only person who's really story. hurting is yourself. And I found this beautiful thing before that the Aramaic word for forgive means literally to untie. <gasps> so nice. it's that the idea that if you untie the bindings and loosen yourself from somebody else's ugliness or toxicity or their actions, all that associated negativity, you know, as long as you've still got those sort of psychic cords hooking you in because you still want revenge on them or you're still hating on them or you're still telling yourself a victim story about, you know, all of that stuff is just, you're just being tied to the person who is responsible for your pain. And until you take self-ownership of that, cut the cords, just let them go, take the spiritual higher road 
and say, I no longer allow that person's actions to affect me. I now take full responsibility and control for where I'm at in my reality. That's true freedom. Now, the way to do that, though, is that we have to own the role that we played in the scenario. Yes. That, without that, you will never come to true forgiveness because until you own your own stuff, you're a victim. You're a victim. Yeah, and and you're not understanding in a spiritual context what the gifts were and the learning. That's right. How- we can't get the gifts until we understand the role we played. And this is where it gets mucky and murky and can get hard. It can be very challenging to gain the clarity because the emotions are so heightened and so strong and the feelings are so strong. And the story is often many, many times told that it's embedded as a victim story. Big time. So what we have to do is what you would say is a pattern interrupt. We've got to do an exercise that shifts or gently takes you through the process one last time of what happened, but looking at it from outside in, but really owning your role in it. And this can be painful. When you, this is shadow work. This is owning the stuff in yourself that you don't love about yourself. So if you, if you don't want to go down that path and you don't want to learn to love yourself more, then don't do the exercise. But if you really want to learn to love yourself more, own the parts of yourself that you don't love, own the parts of yourself that you've actually discarded and been in denial about yourself. If you really want to truly know yourself, then this is the way, this is the exercise to do so that you can not just know yourself, but truly release any energy associated with this situation, mm. whatever it is. So Jane's going to give you a specific exercise, but I'm just also going to float it. That so one of the one of the first things you can stop doing is stop telling the story. Yes. Okay. A second thing you might want to try, which is uh, sorry, just to interrupt our victim to victor podcast podcast show, show would be great. Will this. help for this as well yeah. because that talks about um, how attached you are to your story, mm. okay, and how to change your story with words. So That's right. please, really, in fact, you can almost stop this one, go back, listen to that, and come and back, then come back to this one. <laughs> um, something else you can do for a pattern interrupt here is why not try and tell the story from the other person's perspective. Oh, and this right. is where well, you've just led right into it. <laughs> almost, almost. Well, that's interesting that we've both come to the same, like this is often what's required for healing, is that you do need to either walk in another person's shoes, go up from the bird's eye view and see it from a higher spiritual perspective or whatever it is. But it's about getting yourself out of your own stuff, isn't it, Yeah, Jane? that's right. Your own me, victim me, me. story. It's all about me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Look, I had the, the privilege of going on a beautiful 12-day retreat up at Uluru with the amazing uh, Lorraine Webb. She is the owner um, of the Adelaide Energy Healing Centre, sorry, Adelaide Healing Energy Centre, which uh, if you want to visit their website, it's um, all the W's, adelaidehealingenergy.com. Now, I don't want to give away Lorraine's work because it's amazing, but it's four, if you do the course, it's um, four massive modules. But there was this one exercise about forgiveness. There's plenty of different exercises that she teaches and, and guides you through. Um, however, this particular exercise was given to us to do it as homework. So one night I'm sitting there under the most amazing stars staring at the rock. I was staying at the Indigenous College up there, which was in the middle of nowhere with dingoes walking around. It was just incredible, the beautiful <laughs> red earth, and nobody was stealing anyone's baby. It was completely fine. But if and they had, we would have forgiven them. We would have. 
<laughs> Remind me to, to tell you how I heard the dream time when I was up there. Oh. I didn't actually really quite know what it was. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Another show. That was, that was, um, when I actually, I, I had a massive, yeah, had all the tapping sticks and Spiritual had this gorgeous, yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was mm. at, at dawn. Mm. So I thought there was a tribe doing some sort of ceremony and one of the Aboriginal elders, Auntie Rose, who's a lot of people would know her in Australia, she's an interpreter in the courts and, uh, and is custodian of, uh, of seven regions. Actually, she's amazing. One of the custodians of the LaRue. And I said to her, you know, Oh, are there people living on the land here? So I got up early and I heard these tapping sticks and, and she said, Oh no, my darling, you heard the dream time. I'm getting goosebumps just telling you. <laughs> and I said, What do you mean I heard the dream time? Like, I know that sounds naive, but I didn't really understand. And she said, Our ancestors that are on the other side, my dear, you heard them. Now, I heard just tapping sticks. There was no didgeridoo. There was no other sound effects. It was just the tapping sticks. But it went on for about five to ten minutes. Time was kind of weird and distorted Mm -hmm. there. Um, And it was so clear that that was just another one of those little moments, or not little, big moments in life where you just go, wow, I've gathered some more incredible evidence of my own true belief in the other side. However, so I was in this incredibly spiritual arena. It was amazing. And this exercise was to be prepared at nighttime by ourselves in solitude with deep, deep reflection. So this isn't a quest. This isn't a list to, to really just skim through like you're writing your shopping list. You want to really take some time to work on this. And then the next day we got to present it, tell our stories to the rock and project all of our anger and aggression and sadness and grief and hostility and whatever it is that you're feeling we threw it all at the rock and of course the rock for many who have followed indigenous cultures before will know that that's a um a place of healing where the rock takes negative energy and turns it into positive it's said to be um uluru as rock the the heart chakra of the world of the world that's mm-hmm. right yeah so the world's got its own chakras the same way that a human body does yes the world is of course a big living breathing mother earth sort of organism and and that yeah the rock is uh is a very big well, you know, I, I don't. Lay line, I don't <laughs> exactly. Look, I don't have the gift of seeing. I've got the gift of hearing, but that's about all. Whereas, you know, you see, you hear, you feel. You, you, you've got the whole, see a whole lot clear there. audience, clear sentience, the whole lot all going on. But um, I don't see. But there were plenty of people on this course who do, and they were trying to teach me to, which unfortunately didn't really work. But that the colours that they were seeing coming off of the rock and they could see the energy actually be projected at it and then turn and change colours. Yeah, right. It was quite amazing apparently. They they found that fascinating. For me, I was looking at a, a rock. Well, admittedly a stunning, beautiful one. I digress. Okay, so this uh, – so, but I really wanted to acknowledge this incredible course because if anybody really wants to shift their stuff, please go and do this 12-day retreat. She holds it every – Autumn and spring, so every April and September, and it's amazing. And tell her Jane and Beck sent you. Do you know what the name of the course is? Yeah, it's the Energetic Healers Course. Okay. So it, a lot of this contains a lot of healing your inner child. Uh, healing your past is massive. So you go up there, you get ripped raw. Um, there's no phones, no communication with anybody, although I, I believe that people that have done the course since I have have said, yeah, they get on their mobiles and I've seen Facebook postings and I've gone, I wasn't allowed that. No TV, no nothing, but it was brilliant. Um, you actually come out of it at the end of the 12 days completely trained as an energetic healer. And then if you wish to, you can go on and do your uh, case studies to become qualified. Yeah. Um, I was not so much interested in using it as a healer. Having said that, there's a lot of the exercises I've certainly used with my clients, um, but more that I wanted to, I wanted to clear my stuff. I wanted to be the best version that I could be. So by about day three, if I could have 
sold everything and grabbed a helicopter to fly in and grab me and get me out of there, I would have gone. By about day seven, it was just so exciting. And by the time I left, I didn't want to leave. I wanted more and more and more. Yeah. It was an incredible course. Okay, so this is a, it's a little bit long. I'm going to read through them, touch on them briefly, but there are 16 questions that you are to answer for this forgiveness exercise. Number one, the situation as I see it is... Now, in this, you identify what the person did to you. So this is your victim story, all right? This is where you pour out your, your poor you question, all right, your poor you statement of what happened. Now, question two, I am angry with, and then fill in the person's name, because. Now, this is where you tell your side of the story, okay? Question three, my feelings about this are, and this is where you talk about your feelings. So that will be different from why you're angry. Some of these might sound like the same thing, but as you step through this, it's going to take you to a different place. This is where you have time. This step, you have to name your emotions. So I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. I feel pain. Exactly. I feel lost. So for me, with this particular scenario, I wrote, I felt once again. So I was also acknowledging this is a pattern for me, unloved and discarded as someone unnecessary in this person's life. She made me feel useless. Okay, so it's still a victim story, um, but it's owning how I felt. Now, question four, my thoughts about the situation are, now Now, what you're doing is you're talking about your thoughts that have been affected by your feelings. So, um, so my little victim story here was that she doesn't deserve my friendship and I feel unsafe around her. So it was good for me to identify the unsafe. Um, and then I went on to actually go, why don't I feel safe? Because what are my thoughts around this whole situation? So you're really questioning your power words that are in your answers. Dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. And I came up with the statement, it's not safe to be me, just me as I am. Um, and so, you know, that really highlighted some work for me to do. It's fascinating because it's, you're actually now at that point beginning to take it away from the person you're projecting on and actually starting to see what, what your stuff is about. Yes, that's right. You, you know, that's a full I statement it's there. massive. And this is all from just four little questions, you know. Yep. It's very powerful, this exercise. Number five, acknowledge now that you accept your own feelings and thoughts and that no one can make you feel, uh, sorry, feel, there I am joining my words together again. I do that all the time. Make you feel or think anything. All right, so you've now written out what you were thinking. So now you've got to own it and say, actually, this is my truth. I didn't know this was going to be questioned to me, but this is the truth. I've written my stuff down and this is my truth. And so from here, you may be able to also look at the fact that this other person isn't making me feel this way. So this person that I wrote this about, they didn't make me feel unloved and dis and discarded. They didn't make me feel unsafe. I did that. Yeah. I did that to myself. Now, everyone just take a breath there because this is really powerful when just remember that every single person you have a relationship with is a reflection of your own mind, okay? So just remember there's no finger pointing at other people. They are all project, you are projecting you onto other people's canvases. Okay. So that's where, that's where we're at by now, by, by question five. Beautiful. <laughs> Getting deep. I know it didn't take long, did it? Okay. Question six. Talk about how you may have unknowingly created the situation. 
And this is the next deepening of what we're yes. talking about. Is In hindsight, what can you now see about yourself and the role that you may have played in this situation? How were you an enabler? How did you enable this situation to occur? Now, my ownership of that was that, so but I should have shared my answers early on. Okay, so early on was that I actually had some trauma happen in my life and I went to share it with a very dear friend and she laughed and discarded and accused me of lying and I was gutted. Okay, um, my answer here was that in the past I had exaggerated my truth and edited conversations to ensure that I was pleasing those I was with and not threatening the little love that I did receive. And what does that mean? This was a pattern that I'd had going on for years and it continued, you know, it had continued for quite a while until I really had done the work. So what this was was that I was the people pleaser, the please like me, I can't be authentic, I exaggerated everything because I didn't think that anybody would give a shit about my little story. So then when I went and told a very truthful, very traumatic story, it was dismissed as bullshit. Right. Because that was that's what I had created my whole life. I know, I'm probably jumping ahead here. No, no, that's right. But this girl has obviously then projected back at you, hey, guess what, Jane, that formula you've been running in life isn't working. Exactly. Because I'm pushing that back on you and rejecting it. You've got to find a new way to be here. Exactly. And it's hit you in the face like a pile of bricks and what's the easiest thing to do? Hate on her. That's right. Hate her. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So question seven. When I am uncomfortable in a situation, I can recognize that and then fill in the person's name, is showing me a part of me that I do not wish to claim. So what did I write here? I haven't even read these and this was done years ago. Uh, I totally accept this and always look at myself. I know the attention I got. Oh, okay. On we go. Right. So I was there. I talk about the mirror. All right. So you're right here. Right, so here I owned that I was not giving myself what it was that I was desiring from others, which is the basis of all that. Right, again, so but, let, but, that, hang on, that's huge and I okay. want you to say that again. Right, sorry. You were not giving yourself, so you're expecting from other people the one thing that you weren't actually able to give yourself. That's right. And that is, again, the bottom line of all of our teachings with the self-love thing because any time that you feel that any kind of love is withheld or any kind of pain is inflicted, it's always mirroring that one place in, within you that still needs a bit of work where you haven't built up your own love tank or fleshed out and strengthened a quality, an area of yourself. Exactly. Right? And that's why these perpetrators, these awful people come into our lives to hold up mirrors to us and show us where we still need to do the work. Now, you might say, but I was five years old when I was sexually abused. How could a five-year-old call in like what, you know, how could I have attracted that in at five? Well, you know, maybe it's from a past life. Maybe... Maybe there's some unfinished healing or issues that needed to be brought to your attention very early in this journey. They came about through an awful way, but your attention was sure put on them, wasn't it? You know, and that, that, that work needs to be done there. You weren't allowed to just swan through. Is, that isn't, you've chosen a toughie though. I think that the child abuse is probably one of the toughest it's a, it's, to try it's and It's a work controversial through. and sticky one. Maybe I could have gone for a yeah, larger example. Yeah, I, well, just that it, I think that it is hard because we do see children as innocent. Yes. And, and to do this exercise would, I think that would be one of the most challenging topics to have to do it on. Fair enough. I still would try it. I, I am blessed I didn't have that journey. But, um, I mean, the point here is that there's always gifts there that are. Are, to, to be derived. Every 
awful thing you've ever been put through has made you who you are. Actually, you've just reminded me that one of my beautiful friends um, who is now a um, – he, oh, he's had an incredible story. Anyway, he was up in Uluru with me doing this course. I didn't know he was going. We bumped into each other at um, Alice Springs Airport and went, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> As the universe does, it puts people there. That See, he made me accountable. He knew me through my entertainment days. So he was making me very accountable on this course. Likewise, I was making him. Um, he actually did do this exercise. He was sexually abused by a stepfather from the time he was three years old upwards. And he did this exercise and it worked really well. Mm. But he was so scared I actually had to drag him on the bus the day we were going to the rock to throw the muck at the rock from this exercise. Yeah. But he did it. He did it well. So it does work. works for everything. Okay. So, no, what did we, we did eight. Uh, no, we did, no, we did up to eight. I recognize that I only get upset when someone demonstrates to me a part of myself that I have disowned. I can now see that and then fill in the person's name is demonstrating. Now, dot, 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 fill in what it is you've already identified that you were disowning. Okay. So, and then as you fill that in, it continues to me, which is a part of myself that I do not accept. So for me, I went, I recognize that I only get upset when someone demonstrates to me a part of myself that I have disowned. I can now see that Joe Bloggs is demonstrating I am not worthy to me, which is a part of myself that I do not accept. So by this point, Joan's identified her thing is that she doesn't feel self-worth. Self-worth, that's and right. And for everyone, it's going to be something slightly different. Okay. I actually then wrote some notes here that said, I think I still feel a little ashamed of my inner child for her needy ways and her manipulation. So she's elaborated on it a bit so she can deeper understand what that's all about for her. Absolutely. Context. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Try and elaborate wherever you can. These notes are good. Okay, number nine, my negative responses were my signal that I am not accepting myself totally. I am withholding love from myself and others by my judgments and expectations. I am wanting, fill in the name, to change and to be as I think they should be. Now, this is interesting because we do. We, we want the world to be how we want it to yeah, be, don't we? Exactly. And it's a big smack in the face about reality and control and surrender and release and all of that stuff. Yes. This is classic Buddhism stuff, law of unattachment. It is. As long as you're wandering around trying to control everyone's reactions to everything all of the time, you are a prisoner of your own jail cell and you've thrown away the key. The other thing I love about that statement was the first part. My negative responses were my signal that I'm not accepting myself totally. So basically, whenever you are having a reaction to somebody else, it's because of what is it that you're not accepting within yourself? Yeah. You know, it's the button is being pressed. And I, I, like, I don't really want to skim over that because every single time that you have a button pressed, it is the gift that you're being given to grab something more about yourself to accept and love. Yeah. Number 10. This should make it easier as well to help people with the forgiveness process of the perpetrators and the nasty people in our lives because they are our greatest teachers. And in, in a really weird flip way, we can actually see so much love for them and, and realize that only the souls that love you the most put up their hand to come down to earth to hurt you the most, to give you the deepest lessons for your soul growth. Beautiful. Number 10, I am now willing to drop all my judgments and recognize that it is not for me to judge. I release myself from right and wrong and now understand that all is perfect. And then I want you to comment on this. What did you need to be right about and why? 
what were you hiding from? Beautiful. I was needing to be right on how this person's comment had hurt me um, when really it was my own thoughts which I was hiding from. Yeah. So at this point in the exercise, you've, you've obviously reached great clarity. So then we go, this is a, how many are there? 15? Yes, 16. Okay. 16. All right, so we're up to 11. Okay. I now accept write the person's name in and I were both playing the game and we have both been receiving what we needed to learn the lessons that were set for us. So then you comment on what you think the lessons were for you and what you think the other person may be about. All right, so this is really getting clear clarity on the whole scenario. Um, do I, oh, uh, I wrote Actually, I had a massive thing here was that I wrote all these little notes here of, of what I thought my lesson was. Um, and then the last one I needed was... I am an attention seeker to gain love. I am. It was a very powerful statement. It's pretty big. That freaked me out when I came to that conclusion. And that was the key. That one little line was the key from years and years of work to get me to understand and shift. One little line. I am an attention seeker to gain love. Then the next thing, 12, I am ready to forgive, fill in the name, I can now see that they have done nothing to me and I no longer will allow my ego to play this game with me. I now release the entire negative feelings and thoughts I have towards you. And then just sit and see how you feel about that. Like I just wrote, yep, easy. So by 12, <laughs> I've written, yep, easy. Because by question one, I was angry. Yes, but she's reduced the charge on this down to neutral by this point because yes. she's done so much dissecting of it. She's had so many little clarifications and epiphanies on her own behavior and other layers and spin-offs that she never even knew was buried into all of this stuff. You know, this is such a deep... Um, What's the word? It's almost like a, when a surgeon goes in and, and, you know. Deep, deep, complex operation. Yeah. Well, you know, all of Lorraine's work is channeled. This has all been, she's, her whole course is channeled and it's, it's multi-layered and it's very clever and this is very powerfully put together. Number 13, I can now see that all that occurred was simply a reflection of how I perceived the situation and a signal of how I felt about myself. I am willing to let go of my victim story and I'm willing to embrace forgiveness on all levels and all dimensions and all lifetimes. And then I wrote, yes, especially as this is about attention-seeking behaviour, it's easy for me to... Really I can feel the energy kind of going. raising as we get to these yeah, final it's getting points. Powerful, it's getting very it? high vibrational because yeah. you're starting to get very sort of a higher consciousness about it all, you yes. know, real spiritual about Okay. Where, where you sit with where it. you sit. Mm. Number fourteen. I now surrender to the divine source with total trust that all is for my highest good. I now accept that I am loved by the divine and am always perceived as perfect. I've just had goosebumps all over me as I read that one yeah. out. And I can feel the heart chakra opening. It's just quite amazing. Mm. We're not even doing the exercise, but just the words are holding that um Yeah. They're no, like I affirmations wrote, on their own. Are. Yeah. I wrote, Yes, this I do believe and feel and think. Number 15, a note two, fill in their name. Now that I see this situation from a higher perspective, and then complete that sentence. Uh, and so then it's I like wrote, sending them a little love letter. Or yeah, something. I thank you for sharing my attention seeking behavior in yet another, as yet another cry for self love. And then number 16, a note to myself. 
my note for me was learn to love authentically, change my attention-seeking behavior. There started a whole nother path. <laughs> so there was actually something as well written on the very first page Jane had highlighted, and it's such a simple quote but so powerful. It says, those you do not forgive, you fear. I think that, you know, and again, this all goes back to that feeling of being trapped. And when I said that Aramaic word about being tied, it's like, oh, the difference between that vibration and the one we reached at the end of that exercise, which just feels like your heart's exploding into the cosmos. It's just such freedom, you know, you can just, and this is why forgiveness work is so powerful. I mean, we know scientifically, look, it's going to lower your blood pressure and it's going to reduce, you know, symptoms of depression, your psychological well-being. It's going to lower drug and alcohol abuse, all of that sort of stuff. Forgiveness has been proven to do. If you've seen the movie The Cure Is, um, which has Bruce Lipton and a lot of other awesome, like Marianne Williamson and people in it, you can probably find it on online or on YouTube. Um, there's an amazing story on there of a guy who was in the hospital and his bones were literally like cottage, uh, like Swiss cheese, like they were um, just full of holes. And the doctors were like, you're about to die and never walk again or, or about to never walk again and then die. <laughs> which <laughs> Something, way? Like Something like that. Some awful sort of diagnosis. And uh, all he did was lie in his hospital bed and forgive and forgive and forgive and turned his entire body around. So, look, um, it's just it's just no reason not to do it. And I think that um, – it's just clever when you join those dots so simply. It is a simple exercise. I mean, yes, you're going to put some thought into it, but it steps you so through so beautifully. So even though, see, if you had this in front of you, you wouldn't actually be reading all 16 questions. You'd just be listening to the first one and doing it. Yeah. And, in fact, we probably should have said at the beginning of this podcast, write this question out and then do it and then press pause. Right. You know, well, and that, but they will. So, look, guys, it's, it's very much if you haven't got time to do the full 16 steps, it's a decision. It's a choice. Focus on kindness and gratitude and let go and if you need to do a ritual if you need to burn something bury something write a letter release it oh well actually that's the other thing we did right at the end of this exercise was i actually wrote a really long letter uh, to this person and then we burnt it the importance of ritual yeah it's beautiful i thank this person for giving me the opportunity to see acknowledge understand and love more of myself we love all of you guys very much. Thank you. And until this time next week, I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a gorgeous, forgiving week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.